A whole new tune. Freaking Miles, man. Genius. That first one's a Fibonacci sequence. Ma! Don't get your hand off of that. Oh, oh, oh. 47 for sure. That's the atomic number for silver. Are you, are you sure that's silver? That's silver. So this is it. All together now. One, two, three. Look at that. Hello and welcome to this very blue edition of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. I, Red, am Jeremy Fisk. I'm joined by Chapin, Aqua, Hemingway, and Lee, Insecure, Carlo. Uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, Green, Glass Onion. Directed by Ryan Johnson, uh, famous for Brick and Purple. Um, we're gonna find out what these guys uh, think of this. Uh, think of this uh, neon sort of uh, uh, murder mystery that uh, Ryan was able to produce. So my question to you guys is, what was the uh, fifth color I said? <laughs> it's a puzzle. Purple. It's a little puzzle in a puzzle. What was the fifth color I said? Uh, one, two, three, four. I mean, I, I know was, you're I both are a, like ready to color. make fun of me and then neon me and get. I just didn't understand what was happening. I think purple. Yeah. Chapin? Well, I said purple. Back off that mic just a little bit, or just turn the volume Sorry. down a little bit. There right. you go. There we go. <clears throat> so I'm looking for one, two, three, four, five. Purple. <laughs> yeah, we all Lee? said purple. We both said oh. purple. Oh, for fuck's sake. I wish you guys were wrong. <laughs> but you're right. It was purple. Good job. So you were able to pay attention that much to my introduction. And I'm curious, was this movie able to capture you and um, make you... (laughs) This is like expert segue. (laughs) Make you as intrigued as my introduction. Yes, I enjoyed this movie. Um, And... um, Your introduction, Jeremy. I, I, I enjoyed this. Yeah, go ahead. Go no, on. I, I, I uh, actually I like this better than the first one. I like this better than the first Knives Out uh, trilogy. I guess we're calling this. Uh, is it the knife? It's a Knives Out story, or what are we calling it? Calling this? Um, but uh, yes, I enjoyed it. I thought it was better than the first movie. I thought it was funnier, a little more poignant. I think the extra little bit of budget helped uh, make this a little more interesting watch. Um, and. But yeah. my real question is like, is it intriguing? Are you are you like engaged in the story, trying the the who done it of it? No, because not, like not really much. I like know, but that, like, out, that's kind the of, fun of you, this these movies, right? Like that's the whole idea. 
especially kinda, going into the second one, you want to know. Go ahead. You just gotta. You're just talking a little off the off the mic. There you go. Just just move it a little bit under your mouth. Have that big black thing under your mouth. There you go. Okay. Just um, sit like that, Jeremy. Don't yeah. Move. No, I don't. I don't really care because actually, in both cases, it's sort of obvious who the killer is. Right. Like, um, in both movies, and so no, I'm not. But I think it's a fun movie. But I was thinking about this, and I think I may have said this about Knives Out too. Like, it is kind of the memory of the movie is evaporating from my mind as we speak. You know, like I, I'm. I enjoyed the time watching it, but I, I it's not I don't think it's a particularly memorable movie. Um but I enjoyed it and I enjoyed kind of the like pop politics that were happening in it too. Um it's interesting that Chapin you didn't find the who done it particularly interesting yet still seemed to like the movie because I think the who done it is really the only thing that's keeping it going, whether you know who did it or not. Um it's an enjoyable watch. It's a pretty swift two hours and 20 minutes. Um, but it's awfully uninspired. Right. Um, but there's a lot of pop culture references and a lot yeah, of and they're, they're cute. And I got some chuckles, but this is, this looked like a movie that Ryan Johnson got a bunch of money from Netflix to make as long as it had Benoit Blanc. And so he made a movie that cost a bunch of money with Benoit Blanc. And that's about it. Like it was to me, it felt so uninspired. And so you didn't have fun with it. No, it's fun. It's fine. Like it's, it's, I I had some good laughs, but having fun with it doesn't mean that it's a good movie. It's definitely not better than the first. And that's more of a discredit to this movie than it is a credit to the first one. I mean, I think the first one was much smarter and, you know, much more really? creative in terms of reinventing the genre to a certain extent. Whereas this was just like a regular old whodunit, pretty standard formula. And just cause he threw in some caricatures that were familiar doesn't make it smarter. It just, I, I felt like it was, I don't want to use the word lazy cause I don't think it was that. I just think it was uninspired. I just felt like he, he wasn't, I didn't feel like Ryan Johnson was in love with this project like he was oh, in the first look, one. Look, a movie like this is all about <clears throat> the mystery of it. Like, he knows that. So he, he is putting in a bunch of clues and sort of misdirection. It's whether or not you fall for it and you fall for the characters believing it that makes a movie like this work. So it sounds like Lee, you didn't really fall for that. Chapin, a little bit more. I think that's true, but I think that also needs to be combined with the way that you reveal that information. And in the first Knives Out, you know, those misdirects led to like almost another misdirect, like especially with that first twist, right? That we learn that. Christopher Plummer wasn't actually murdered, but the the situation was that he, you know, told Anna de Armas that, you know, he was going to die, so she needed to leave. And I'm not, you know, everybody has seen that movie at this point. But then you went on to further whodunits within that movie. In this, it's all so straightforward that it's just less interesting. So even if you're, you know, falling for the Mr. X or interested in the Mr. X and Red Herrings or whatever, it's not 
It's Do not you as think exciting. it was a good setup, though, the fact that, like, the reason I was, like, unintrigued with watching this movie was because, like, why would they, why would this happen again? But do you think the setup of getting him to this island worked? Yeah. I well, do. yeah. Well, with the setup meaning basically what happens in the middle of the movie. Before right. The, yeah. I think that was, that was fine. Um, a yeah. little far-fetched. I mean, when you first get to it and, you know, uh, this is going to be a spoiler edition it's hard podcast. It's to tough be. to discuss yeah. this movie without it. But again, this is a movie that I think everybody in the world has already seen. So it is on Netflix. If you want to watch it, you can, and then come back to this point. But um, Janelle Monáe's character, we find out, has a twin sister. And I'm just like, oh boy, really? This is, this is what we're getting. It worked a little better than I think I was giving it credit for at first. Um, but through that, we find out how Benoit Blanc is invited to this um, to this island that Edward Norton owns. Um, and I think that was fine. I don't know that it was wholly important that we have a real concrete reason as to why he's there. Because all we care about, like you said, is that he's there solving a mystery. And that's what's a little frustrating is because I think that's all Netflix cared about. And that's no, all they're paying it, for. And that's it, all it, Ryan Johnson gave us. All right. So since we're doing a spoiler edition, like it was fun to reveal why he ended up ultimately being there. It wasn't just an accident. Okay. But can we distinguish yeah. fun and good? Like this yeah, is a fun yeah. movie. Sure. Yep. It's not very good, though. Uh, yeah. I, 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 you're not going to get a big argument out of me, but I I, I enjoyed watching it very sure. much. I, I did, too. I think, And I think the this is where I think I am frustrated. <clears throat> I think Netflix got exactly, exactly what they wanted out of this. This will be the most watched movie on their service but why, ever. Why, why are you, like, focusing on Netflix? Because the Ryan Netflix Johnson this. is better than this. And that's where I'm frustrated. And I can't blame him for taking the money and making this movie. And now he's going to make another one. And this is going to be yeah, a franchise. But, like, but this is somebody who is, this is one of the few. Here's like, the thing. It's like genre it's original, we have left. It's an original murder it's not. mystery. This Glass Onion is definitely not. Yes, it is, though. Like, he's not. Like, if it was Ugh. a Sherlock Holmes movie, we wouldn't be reviewing it. But also, like. We'd be like, oh, yeah, that's fun. It's how, like another Sherlock Holmes. But now we get a new Benoit How is this Blanc. any different than a Sherlock well, Holmes movie? Because we get a new character. We get new people. Like, it's a new idea. But it's not a new idea. It's not, we already saw Benoit Blanc in 19, 2019. No, I know. But, like, I, what I'm saying is I think I understand why this can continue on and on and on. Okay, so... Look what happened to Guy Ritchie when he started making Sherlock Holmes movies over and over again. Yeah, but that gone was Gone are his Holmes. original movies. Gone are anything good that he does anymore. And we're talking about Ryan Johnson, who is a director that we like that's made Brick and Looper. And now he's doing this. Like, And then he made the original Knives Out, which, you know, for better or worse, was like a new genre, original so you're, movie. So you're upset with the fact that it sort of has a continuing character. I'm upset that Ryan Johnson has chosen this path because i think he's better than that and i think I don't mind with it. this movie i don't mind it i like the idea of but Amer these are going to get progressively worse just like like this this was this, this was, was not I, an, an interesting movie interesting in which way what what impressed you about this movie 
I liked following the uh, the questions that the characters were following. I liked it. I, I like had fun with that part of it. Okay, you keep coming back to it. I had fun too. Was that no, impressive? Was this an impressively I'm written? I'm not arguing imp- this is going to be a fixie nominee. I'm not I know, arguing I don't think any that of us this are, is but... going to be like our top of the year. But I didn't like I. I but I'd would recommend you have... it if somebody was like, "Hey, would you watch that movie?" Oh, yeah. But would you have preferred Ryan Johnson, a director we like, a writer we like, yeah, have gone a different direction with his career? No. Uh, what, what has I, he made that you like yeah. besides Brick? Looper, I really like. The original Knives Out, yeah, I, like I think, had its problems, but the fact that that was but a, I don't original, think he can't. like I don't, wholly original I movie. I don't I mind was... him doing three of these and then doing something else. If he keeps doing this five, six times, then we have the right. discussion. But I don't mind him doing three of these and 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 then turning into something else. I guess, I guess that's true. Jabin, you are you still in this podcast? Yeah, look, I mean, I, I think there is more depth to this movie than A Good Time. I think it's much like the first Knives Out, but in a little bit of a different way. It's like satirizing the rich this time to like mega rich. And I think that Edward Norton character has a lot of, it makes for a lot, a very interesting satire. And I like that. Um, I think Norton I mean, does for sure. I love the way it's set during COVID. I think it kind of satirizes COVID in a weird way. That, and I was just reading a bit of a re- review that like it doesn't make it feel like, you know, as awful as that time was. And it's it's funny to kind of look back and take a perspective and, you yeah. know, it think was about great. how that's. <laughs> it was great that they all got s- sprayed a vaccine yeah. or whatever. You're, you're like, fine. You're fine now. <laughs> and then uh, Ethan Hawke was the yeah. Well, there's a lot guy. of cameos yeah, in yeah. this. So, uh, yeah, yeah, like I think, um, and, and in that sense, it was fun. I think, uh, I mean, yeah, like these people, I don't remember exactly when it was, but, you know, a lot of these guys, Bezos, Elon Musk, a lot of pe- a lot of these, you know, cent- center, center billionaires, the people who have over a hundred billion dollars, you know, got super rich during the pandemic and saw their wealth grow in a way that, you know, was unprecedented. And now they're this, I'm sure this was before the pandemic, but I just feel like the last three years or so have kind of immortalized these people. They're like, you know, going to space and, you know, trying to solve all the, get, get in all these, uh, you know, areas that, that that don't concern them. See Twitter. Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. Saving Twitter. Um, and well, yeah, there's a lot of also the social media aspect of it and the, the guy who okay, well, continue tape. We'll get into that. No, and so so I I I, I thought I I like that, and I think one thing that Ryan Johnson has always been great at is tone. I think like um, a movie like I don't really remember it quite that well, but um, like um, a movie like Looper is sort of dark appropriately dark and twisted and a little bit irreverent and brick is has that sort of neo-noir look and feel and tone and and knives out like and and this film are both kind of you know just fun yeah and they're self-aware and like yeah 
And I, and I also th- see, I agree with you too, especially with Edward Norton, that like, that's actually a pretty well-written character. It's, it's satirical, but it's also like pivotal to right. the plot. The rest of them are all like, there's this very fine line between like archetypal characters and then caricatures. And this movie definitely leans a little too far to caricatures for me with like, you know, Kate Hudson and Dave Bautista and, um, uh, Catherine Hahn, all these characters were like very much just like, uh, trying not to use the word caricature again, but like, that's what they are. They're just like, not that interesting. I totally agree with you, but at the same time, we're living in a world where you see Ooh. those in a world. Sure, that, where that you works see fine. I actually thought Kate people. Hudson was really good and really funny on in Instagram. This. Yeah, I mean, um, this is the best I've seen Kate Hudson since Almost Famous. It's it's kind of true. Um, Leslie Odom Jr. That's the other one who's who I was thinking of. Um, and you know, but like best I've the, seen the, him since Hamilton. Have Dave Bautista, Joe Rogan thing. Like it's just like. That's not interesting to make a Joe Rogan character at this party. Like, because it doesn't really bring much to the story or the plot. And none of those characters did. Like, it's interesting to see them all there and see all these, like, examples of these types of people that are in the real world. But, like, what did each one of them and their, their character type bring to this story? Okay, so here's the other question. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Lee. Like, other than the obvious correlation to our modern world, what right? What like, are, you need what, you need Edward Norton, you need Miles Braun, you need the rich <laughs> what are they tech doing? guy that's kind but, of a dummy. The rest of them could be anybody. Right, but did you believe? Did you believe these characters at all? Like, did did these characters ever get grounded for you? No. No, not really. And in, but like in a vacuum on a scene by scene basis, it's like, oh yeah, that's funny to Birdie J. Kate Hudson's character is this model that just keeps getting in trouble for what she writes on Instagram. Like, oh, that's funny. We see that all the time. And Joe Rogan is, or <laughs> Dave Bautista is the Joe Rogan. And like, you've got Catherine Hahn, who's a politician that is just like in the rich guy's pocket. And it's like, okay, those that's all funny. And I like watching that mocked to a certain extent. I think with the biggest difference is like, and maybe I'm misremembering it or, or, or what, but the original knives out, you had this rich kind of, you know, this upper class conservative family that was like obnoxious and hated each other. But it was sort of like a big picture. Look at that. We weren't trying to be like, this is this person that we see in society. This is this person that we see in society. So as a result, you were able to just take that family as a whole and say, here's who we're satirizing these types, this group of people here. It's like, Oh, we want to satirize every single one of these people you see in modern society. That's a good point. And then it never really drives the story forward. Did this movie ever surprise you guys? Like was the, was there any point? Because the, I mean, reveal, if you want to the, the reveal of this movie is <clears throat> not at the end. I mean, the the obvious suspect is the murderer. The reveal is kind of earlier than that, which is similar to the first one. He has right. like the the two reveals, and I is surprise the right word. Like, was I like, oh my god, this is what happened? I it was more of a like, oh okay, yeah, I'll go with this. I'll, I'll roll with this. 
Uh, yeah, what I'm not sort of, sort of confused. What surprise are you talking about? When Janelle Monet is revealed to have had a twin, and she oh, is yeah, the yes. one that hires Benoit Blanc. No, that was that was surprising. Um, that was, but I like it was, that. It was not surprising. Um, it was not um, surprising that who the murderer turned out to be. No, that, that I don't. And and I wish. I don't know. Is it more interesting that? Ryan Johnson was like, okay, so we know who the murderer is right from the beginning. Like, everyone's going to spec this guy, and it's going to be him. But the twist is going to be in the middle, that this person who's coming to this island is a twin, and also this detective, this world-famous detective, isn't accidentally there, but he's there on purpose. Yeah, like that, it's okay. Those it's not the, enough, though. Because uh, after I mean, that's what do you revealed, do though, like I mean, not honestly. make this movie. Well, but that's my answer. <laughs> Jeez, but but this is the problem. Like I'm, I sort of say that tongue in cheek, but like, aside from him getting a ton of money to do it, why make this movie when it's not going to be as an in, as interesting and inspired as the first one? Whether you like it or not, and the first one has its flaws too, and is sort of a you know a forgettable fun time movie as well, but. At least it seemed like he was inspired to make that movie on his own terms. Here, he's, I don't want to use the word forced, but he's like paid a ton of money to make this. And yeah, like the reveals aren't as exciting. And so when you say, what do you want him to do? I I say, don't make this movie. But the problem is not so much the reveal. The reveal is interesting, but it's what happens after that. All we then get is sort of the movie plays itself back and we start to see things from a different, like, different perspectives, which is also kind of cool, but not not terribly unique or inspired. And like, that's the problem I have with this movie. I mean, it sounds so simple to say, oh, I wish Ryan Johnson hadn't spent his time and effort and talents on this. And maybe that is simple, but like, I also feel like it's really true, like, because he could have just like sold the rights of Benoit Blanc to Netflix and hung on as an executive producer and had yeah. some rookie. But this would have been terrible. Directed. And this is a, this is a good movie. This is an enjoyable experience. And I, I hope he makes another one. That's, that's where I stand on this. This isn't like me being like, Oh, this is a great movie. This is going to be in the fixies. Like this is me saying like, I liked it and I think it's fun and I'm glad that we have these murder mysteries like that they can continue and I hope he makes another one. Mm. Screenplay maybe? Possible. Fuck no. Yeah. Possible. Fuck no. Why Get not? Get the fuck out of here cuz it's not a good screenplay. You guys just talked about how you knew what was going to happen the whole time. No, uh, no, no. And we no, talked we about knew, how all these characters in the movie, all we these characters in the movie that have nothing to do with the plot or story. All we said was we knew who the killer was. We didn't know what was going to happen the whole time. Okay. One thing that really bothered me to be honest about this movie, guys, is that and again, this is a spoiler thing, but I hated like hated that the hero of our story allowed the Mona Lisa to burn, which just bothered me. I know yeah, it's not it's real. Like, I no, know but it was that's a little not the weird. real Mona Lisa. And I've heard like, some, <clears throat> that heard some really, theories on really like Ryan Johnson's like 
his like allegories for tearing down you know conventions and stuff yeah, like whatever like that it's just no, you can't do that it was also like so <laughs> i don't feel like the mona lisa needed to play as big a part i thought it was just funny enough that he's like so rich that he bought the mona lisa yeah yeah end of story fine. that's it and then you have yeah. the little well, thing he, the, he rented it really. the sound effect oh. um you have the sound effect throughout the movie when the no like because it's guarded by this thing that if there's any noise or or threat to the mona lisa this glass shield comes up and so you hear it in the background all the time. That's yeah, all you I need. You that. don't need it to play into the end of the movie at all. Um, well, I mean, it's okay. That's interesting. I wonder what the metaphor is. I mean, a lot of people, I, I mean, I don't know if a lot of people, but I think that it, it, some people think that it's an overrated paint. I mean, for being the most p- famous painting in the world, it's sort of overpraised. But it doesn't matter. That, it does, it doesn't of... matter at this point, Chapin. It is the Mona Lisa. It doesn't matter if you like it or don't like it or whatever. <laughs> it's like, it is... It's, like we're not, it's not like we're talking about Citizen Kane. Like, <laughs> it's even more famous than that as the greatest thing ever. Well, right, but what's my what point? Saying, my point is, like, like, it is the most famous cultural icon in the world, and I hated the fact it got burned. Can we, just, can we backtrack a little again and like review you guys talking about how this could potentially be a fixie nominee for screenplay? I, we just got I, finished I talking about it. how there's all these characters in the movie that don't have anything to do with it and don't push the plot forward at all. Yes, they do because anyone could be a suspect. Yeah. But they, but yeah, but that just means you need to have people in the movie. You don't need to write these like archetypes. How else would caricatures. you do it? Like, just make the so. <laughs> Why why does it have to be a model and a podcaster and a politician and a uh, a scientist? But like they're why? all there only because he was able to make the money that he stole off of her. Right, right. So they're 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 only they're they were his friends and they Friends, quote unquote. Yeah. Quote unquote. And he used his power and influence yes. to elevate each one of them. And none of them are particularly extraordinary. I understand that. But the but okay, but that's what the, they are. The satirical elements that's, of this movie the to have these characters and to to have these people we see in modern society. What do those references have to do with this story? Well, that's I th- a screenplay I think, I think, issue. I think it's that is the story. Like I just think that's what he's interested in. He's not. I I don't think in either films the mystery is what's driving. Most I'm gonna the... burn this fucking podcast down if you guys nominate this for anything. Well, you've got a little bit of an attitude this evening, Lee, because mm-hmm. I, I think, think you guys I are agree. going soft. Because this is two sequels in a row that you guys are arguing might be better than the originals. Originals not necessarily my favorite movies, but Avatar two and Glass Onion paled in comparison to the other two. Look, on, I took a, I took on, a blue on... pill before this, and I'm not going soft. But I think this is equ- equivalent, slightly you took that less you. than no, that was yellow. Yeah, so uh, slightly less than than the original. But I okay, think it that. works. I'll take that. I'm not denying that it works because I think that it's its goal was to be a fun movie. And but that's Lee, what Lee, it is. All right, here, here's the thing. It's like, really, has there ever been a movie? Has there ever... Okay. 
there's very let me rephrase this there's very few movies that are that show themselves to be a mystery and then actually are a mystery it's like hard really really nearly impossible to do right like so this movie does a pretty good job right it doesn't uh, like the, it doesn't really no you don't think so okay the first one did because we were asking the same question before the original knives out which was getting so much hype had good like early reviews and we're like okay what has ryan johnson done here how has he made the whodunit something new because we asked the same question i was like this is very difficult this mo- these movies have been made for so long you have sherlock holmes you have agatha christie you have all of these writers and characters and right but not to put you guys on the you spot but like what, what are some other ones other that that have really worked in this way i mean there's like the original um poirot movies that are good the murder on the orient express and death on the nile the new ones are terrible from kenneth branagh but um you know there's the sherlock series with benedict cumberbatch that is that's really great and there's a lot of iterations of sherlock that are good i mean the original sherlock with um robert downey jr is good enough but my point is, is that we is were it? i think the first one was fine i think it was i, I don't remember yeah, they're not, forgettable they're not but um my point is that like before the original Knives Out, we were asking, like, how can this be reinvented? How how can he make this whodunit interesting? And I think that, for the most part, he did. He put some twists in places that we weren't used to. You know, he had us second-guessing things. He, you know, had... At least his main characters were really interesting. And then... So now he decides to make another one, and he's forced to answer the same question again. How can you do this when we've seen it so many times and i, I don't really think that, that he did I think he did it i think he did but this is not that unique to me that Granted, all these w- people are getting together on a billionaire's island and i mean it's a pretty original idea that's not original <laughs> how is that not original i just don't think that that a bunch of modern day caricatures are getting together on a billionaire's island like didn't we just see like a a billionaire archetype character and don't look up like i just feel like yeah but this is different like i feel like it's a smart way to get these people together and i get it they're all archetypes like you said and they're they're (laughs) representing different facets of our society but at the same time I think he does a good job of trying to to between like showing who they are and also their their human qualities and then a murder mystery in between. Like I think, I th- I think he I does think... a fine job. I don't I, I'm not this it's is a hard again, balance. This is two podcasts in a row when I've been forced to like uh to be stupid. No. I've been forced to sort of like to uh, argue the argue that the movie's not as good as wrong. you guys are giving it credit for. You know, I liked Avatar too. I mean, you, I, I don't like this movie fine. No but... one's no one's making you come on the podcast, Lee. Like this is a Lee, we're all don't volunteering. Come on the podcast. How many here's, times have I? T- here's the problem. Okay, I want you guys to hear me out. Yeah, go ahead. I respect both of your opinions when it comes to movies. And <laughs> I do, I really do, because I, I I know 
I know that you guys know what you're talking about. And oftentimes the three of us really see eye to eye on the right things. And I think we have a good perspective on like what makes a good movie versus, you know, what makes a fun movie or what makes a, uh, a, a challenging movie. Or like in some cases we like to talk about what's a movie that was risky and maybe didn't work, but we prefer that over the safe choice, all that stuff. Like I think that we, we all see eye to eye on that. Mm-hmm. These last two weeks, I feel like something has like been pulled over you guys' eyes while you're watching these movies and you're like, you're you're taking them it's okay to take them for what they are, but you're, you're giving you're, them too you're, much credit for you're that. Enjoying them. No, this but that's not the point. I enjoyed this too. I also enjoyed Avatar. But you guys are letting that cloud the things that are wrong with it. I mean, and I think you're giving fair, the movies a little Lee, bit too much credit. Lee, to be fair to you, I think part of my thing is I got this amazing new television. <laughs> Everything's that, better on it. That Chapin recommended. And it was a, a so ma- this amazing recommendation. But in the basement, even though it's next to the laundry, but as long as the laundry's <laughs> not going, uh, you just turn everything off. And I feel like I am in a movie theater. And so that- you guys have the same TV and I don't. Yeah. You guys both have a better. So maybe that's it. Maybe that's why I'm like less... It's really just the yeah. TV. I mean, it it's it's crazy. It's like wild. But Chapin at first was a little against it because it was next to our washer dryer, which again doesn't need to be running during <laughs> all the time during during my movie. Well, Lee had a complaint about how high you mounted it too. Uh, I mounted it exactly. I looked at at the regulations and I mounted it exactly from where my couch is to the middle of the tv the height of it oh that's true your t- your couch isn't as far back so that's yeah that's so true. i i mounted it exactly where it's supposed to be my dad said the opposite he's like why'd you why didn't you mount it higher and i was like regulations regulations like, and all can't. he said all he did was go understood understood yeah he that's, goes that's contractor <laughs> talk right there he goes understood son you can't you can't fuck with the regulations yeah. god damn it i'm proud of you <laughs> Jeremy wept. Yeah. I'll, then the I'll TV. Wept. Then he left, and the TV fell down. Yeah. <laughs> For a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mounted it myself, so I yeah, mean, exactly. it's broken at this point. <laughs> right. It's good while it lasted. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Uh, it's although, fun. Enjoy yourself. Watch it. Yeah, it's a good have way fun, to spend have an a good evening. Time. I don't know if it's going to be fixy nominated other than screenplay. See now I'm worried you guys are gonna do it just because just to piss me off. No, I'm I, I'm the, genuinely the, uh, I'm genuinely saying that. Yeah. Just to piss Lee off. Yeah. All right. But the real question of this whole podcast, what the first part was a fake. What was the first color I mentioned? Blue. Chapin, what do you think the first color I mentioned was? Orange. It was blue. Blue. Yes. Winner. Lee wins. All right, guys. Let's let's roll through some of the categories. This is a good uh, good podcast to do the categories on. All right. So all right, go ahead. Um, character you'd like to have a drink with. A lot of characters in this movie. A lot of caricatures. Mm-hmm. Is it Benoit Blanc? Is it Edward Norton? Is it one of it the would other? Definitely be Benoit Blanc. I would murder a prostitute in front of him. Uh, no, I did. I do have to say, 
I really just enjoyed around, around in the in the area of him and see if he could uh, <clears throat> solve the. I do have to say, so the um, Edward Norton invites all his friends to the island for a during COVID murder yeah. mystery party, and I love that Benoit Blanc solves the murder mystery in like thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah. he's like, "Is it started?" And he's like, "Yeah, it, it started." You did. He's it like, right "It there. was you, Kate Hudson, did it." Um, so I, I enjoyed that. So is he who you want to have a drink with? I think it'd be kind of fun to have a drink with like Miles no, Braun or it would be him. Birdie J. Definitely be him. I'm not gonna. Get I kind of have a crush on um, cute with it. Kate Hudson's assistant, so I might want to have drinks with her. But which one was she? Peg. Yeah, that's what she would do to Chapin. <laughs> Peg me. That'd be great. <laughs> um. Uh, was there a best acting moment? What do you guys think of uh, Daniel Craig in this? I like I, him in this. It's hard to uh, like his accent is so ridiculous and like. But I kind of liked him better purpose. in the first one. Because in this one, yeah, it felt like, a little bit like a a copy of a copy to me. Yeah, he's a little less um, of mystery in this one. Like he's more. I think he, I feel like he gets more screen time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I would like to have the, a quick conversation about Edward Norton and like his kind of what happened with him. Like, it's just, happened, it's not yeah. that he certainly had a good career. Yeah, but he hasn't been. He, he's not active. He he's very. I mean, from what I hear, is he's difficult to work with, and um, yeah, I've heard conflicting reports on that. No, I've only heard he's difficult to work with. Like beyond the the stuff that like is in everybody knows, like the American no, History no, X I stuff. No, I don't have. I don't have. No, well, yeah, beyond American History X, but not beyond anything. Um, I worked with a guy. This is what I say a long time ago. I worked with a guy that was worked on a movie with him and said it like that he was a he was delightful. But I don't know, yeah, I don't because I don't think he's the kind of guy that's like a jerk to people on set. He just. Makes well, I making think, making the movie very challenging. Like I think and, I, I mean, this is all right. This is a Jeremy's location corner, but on uh, motherless Brooklyn, which Lee and I looked forward to for twenty years, and then uh, was terrible. But uh, we should they, have read the book all those years ago because the book wasn't really that good either. <laughs> we uh, I, on that movie, like they uh, they filmed at a place. Maybe it was Brooklyn. Maybe it was somewhere in New York, and uh, one of the uh, grips, fucking grips, uh, screwed into a wall and hit a wire and, and it started a big fire. Is that it started a fire and somebody died. And uh, and Norton directed that, so you know, just to let you know, check your screw holes. Use a wire finder, stud yep. finder. I'll tell you where the wires are. That's Grips. all I'm saying. So he's also insanely wealthy, which might also contribute to why he doesn't. Work. So why do you, why do you say that? Like more um, than another actor? Yeah, he's made it. He like was an early investor in Uber and a bunch of other things. Uh, so I just want to go through this. So he he burst onto the scene, truly in Primal Fear. Yeah, got an Oscar nomination. Works with Woody Allen, and everyone says I love you. Um, works Same with in. Milos Forman in People versus Larry Flint. 
Then he does American History X, Rounders, Fight Club, Keeping the Faith, The Score, which say what you want about that, but it's um, it's De Niro and Brando. I like that Robert De Niro. I like it too. Edward Doran. Then, then, you know, he's... Is it start? I, I would say it started here, but then after this, he does fine. He has Death to Smoochie, does Frida with his then girlfriend, you know, her passion project. I don't know how much he was in that. He plays Nelson, Nelson Rockefeller. Does Red Dragon. Then he hits 25th Hour in 2002. Then we go The Italian Job. Uh, he's uncredited in this movie called After the Sunset. Don't even see his face in Kingdom of Heaven. Down in the Valley, The Illusionist, the same year as The Prestige, took the short end of the uh, Bale versus Norton competition. The Painted Veil, The Incredible Hulk, Pride and Glory, Invention of Lying, he plays a cop, Leaves of Grass, I think he played Twins in that, Stone, Moonrise Kingdom, he starts working with um, Wes Anderson, which I think probably at that point is what kind of got him back going, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was, um, that was like around Hotel. the time people were like, he's difficult to work with. Then he's he in like, Birdman. I think that was a good oh, he's really role good for that. him. That was like him back to Edward Norton to me. Then he's, yeah, then he's kind of back again. He's And he's, you know, he has Marvelous Brooklyn in there, but he has three, four Wes Anderson movies. Um, and now Glass Onion, but it's just a strange career. Like he has this like, dip in the middle where you almost think it's it was just like he picked bad movies to be in like totally. he looked pride and glory leaves of grass and stone that's 2008 2009 2010 oh two, and incredible have you, guys, have you guys listened to interviews with him he's very I pretentious have. he's very yeah, pretentious he's about it and like he's very like uh philosophical about everything he does and chooses and this and that and it's like dude you just just you were in a bad movie you were in a bad movie that was he you watch him in this and like he's he is a really good actor like he has such good screen presence he has great comedic timing like does he though i have great comedic timing I think he definitely. I, does. I mean, I I'm, not, does. I think, I'm not arguing with you. I just, I really don't know that he does this thing that, like, I don't know. I always think about. He did it all the way back in like American History X, when he's like, "You're gonna get me. You're gonna get me killed by a bunch of white boys." And like, he's like this tongue-in-cheek attitude that he has that I always think is kind of funny. And like, I don't know. I, th- I, I still like him. I just think it's very strange what's happened with his career. Um. All right, we did a little Jeremy's Location Corner. Anything to add here with this movie, Jeremy? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, wherever they filmed that, which was apparently some highfalutin um, hotel, which, I mean, uh, this may not be true, but according to IMDb trivia, uh, some of the actors wanted to stay there, but they said no because it was $2,000 a night, (laughs) and they would not allow them to do that, so... Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm impressed with the getting what they did on that island for sure. That's that's great. And it probably wasn't on an island. It was probably at a resort somewhere in the Florida Keys or something. No, it was um, Greece. It was Greece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. All right, Chapin, what are you grumpy about? I can tell it's something. I don't know. Had a pretty pretty good week. Um, that's good. Yeah, I've uh, been off work, and uh, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm just cursing the uh, uh, the brown water of the white man right now. 
So I don't, I don't really. Uh, yeah. Oh, brown water, yeah. the white man. You're, yeah. you're okay. Gotcha. Um, had, had, had a fun had a fun time, maybe a little too much fun, lads, last night. Um, what else? What flow. else? Is, an Elvino did flow. Um, I saw the whale. I don't know. That's probably a movie we're not gonna talk about. I know. Uh, it is, we're all gonna see it. So it is yeah. on the. So it is on the next four weeks. Yeah. We have this, then Babylon, then White Noise, and the whale are kind of the next two on the list. So we could pot about it. Um. Okay, so you don't want me to talk about it? We're probably um, gonna. Well, I'd love to pot about it. Let, hold off. Let's. Yeah. Let's. Okay. Let's wait um, I'll just say that like there was some asshole tapping his foot throughout the whole movie. I went back to the same theater that I was complaining about last time. Um, this time, not the projector, but someone tapping their foot. Just, just like, I just wish I had the balls to be like, could you just, sir, could you please stop tapping your foot? I like, I like how Chapin's noise. having the balls to say, Sir, could you please stop <laughs> in a tapping your foot? <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a British accent. Instead of, you motherfucker. And he whips out a like, knife and he yeah. puts it to his throat. And says, no, no, no. Puts, if it you to tap, his, puts it to his ankle your and foot. say, if you keep tapping, I'm going to cut your fucking foot your off. Your foot's gone. But instead, Chapin's like, please, sir, stop yeah, tapping. Please, if sir. it's not too much trouble. If it's a, yeah, stop tapping your foot. Well, it, whatever. It's, it is a tiny bit of a nuisance. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. Well. So t- so tell him, tell him, tell get him some the, balls, I mean, get some balls. I guess I should, but like, oh, God. What happened to your testicles? They weren't cut off like Lee's. <laughs> yeah. I my I, mine were cut off, and I'll still tell people to be quiet in the movie theater. Yeah. Yeah, well, you have nothing to lose. I still have mine. This kind of a three strike. What do you think when people get told <laughs> to be quiet, they go cut your balls off? Yeah, you think you think that's the common retaliation? Or you, or you just get killed and like you know, I still, I've still got you know, ten or twenty years of sex in front of me, whereas you, you're cut off for a good. That's how that works, right? <laughs> so, so I should just so I don't care if I get murdered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Lee, you should kill yourself. Okay. Yeah, yeah. well, it's a, it's almost just like it's like suicide by cop, but it's like suicide by asshole in the movie theater that won't stop talking. Right. Right. This guy keeps talking until shut the fuck up, and and I get killed. No, no, you're like shut the fuck up. He's like, show me your balls. I cut him <laughs> off. And you're like, oh motherfucker, guess what? Yeah, take a look at this. <laughs> He's like, oh no. For those and- of you listening, I do have balls. <laughs> yeah, but they're not so. connected anymore, or something. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, sure. Take like that. Flop in there. You might as well <laughs> just, remove them. They're just hanging. They're still in the sack, but they just. <laughs> I, I I remember reading this article about this, like about one of the actresses in the new Game of Thrones series talking about like sexual violence in Game of Thrones and how bad that was, and like, um, it was. She was talking about a scene that was pretty innocuous. I mean, in my opinion, and but <laughs> in that same episode, there's a scene where this guy just gets his balls cut off in the middle of a, a battle and they like show it explicitly and like what about that anyways sorry. i think the difference might be that there's not a whole lot of that going on in the real world where there's a lot more oh, sexual violence pe- against people women getting their balls chopped off all the time yeah, i think, Lee, I think Lee. more people should be getting their balls cut off Lee. um come on so the spread been oh, a lot of activity Lee. on the spreadsheet this week um yeah yeah 
I did have to add a couple things. Nothing too, too important. Um, I think the biggest note is Chapin moving Eternal Daughter to must-see. We'll leave it at that. But that's certainly very interesting. He saw that one. Um, uh, Ch- Chapin, where'd you? I'm not looking at the spreadsheet currently, but I could be. All right, guys. Uh, wh- wh- if you knew how to find Google Drive. Where did you uh, see this? Uh, well, I had a, a personal screening of it. Yeah, uh, you can screen it. You can Video you on can... demand, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can screen it. Great. Um, all right. Uh, so what else we've we been watching lately, Chapin? You watched Eternal Daughter and the well, whale. Well, you actually br- you brought it up. Um, I mean, I was gonna confess this. I might as well do it now. But um, I have been for a very long time wanting to watch the um, roadshow edit of Kingdom of Heaven, um, which is available on Amazon for free until december 31st so um yeah uh so i uh, spent 90 minutes or so i i got to the the intermission there is actually an intermission um and so far it's quite good it's it's a lot better than the other version and i'd like to try to finish it sometime but um, how many uh versions of that movie are there i think there's there's just two the one that came out and that one okay because it was the director's cut for a while. Is that the same as the Roadshow edition? I, I believe so, yeah. Just with an intermission. Um, so I got, so I had the and house Edward myself Norton this week, so I had, I had plenty of uh, plenty of time to watch. So I watched The Woman King. I watched Decision to Leave. I watched Argentina 1985. And I watched, what else did I watch? So Lee, I forgot what you said about the the Woman King. Is that is that something we need to check out? I liked it. I think you should watch it. Um, okay. it there's a couple considerations for me. Like the movie itself might not be a, a fixie contender, although it's really quite good. Um, Lee, how is this? How is the spreadsheet organized now? It looks like a little chaotic. Uh, you got it. So yeah, you have it um, in reverse order of release date, so we can see the stuff that's coming out now and and by must see. Um. All right. Anything else, guys, to add? Um, add here. We could do a uh, quick round of cinema sequence with this movie. We haven't done that in a little while. Close this out. Let's do it. All right, Jeremy, you hosted. Why don't you kick us off? <clears throat> all right. I guess I will do that. Uh, what would be the most interesting person? Um, I literally read Edward Norton's whole career. Just I know. Seeing. I just. <laughs> I don't want to do like something crazy like Catherine Hahn and then you guys just be done. So I'll do Kate Hudson. Try me. Kate Hudson. <clears throat> um, Kate Hudson. Let's go with, let's just do it. Almost famous. Gaben? Um, Dead air. What's the kid's name? Uh, you know, that doesn't whole, work like that. That's the whole point. Just say game. one of the many people in Almost Famous. Faruza Balk. Uh, uh, okay, so she's in American History. X. Oh, wow. Nice. I'm right back to it. Edward Furlong. Ooh. Terminator 2. Oops. Uh, yeah, Arnold yeah, Schwarzenegger. Um, Commando. <laughs> Alyssa Milano. Wow. Um. Oh wow! 
she's she's been in a bunch though. Uh, okay, okay. Fear, fear, fear with Mark Wahlberg. Oh, oh good. shit! Tell us. <laughs> good one, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> the Departed. Uh, um, I'm gonna go with. Now let's just go, with Leo. Wait, can we pause for just a second? Um, sure. Did you guys notice that Ed Norton is wearing the Tom Cruise outfit from like it's a, like and his hair too? Like he's styled. I mean, it's obviously intentionally styled to look like what's that character's name? Frank T. J. Mackey. Yeah, Frank T. J. Mackey. Is it? I mean, I didn't notice, but I really, did. I did. Yeah. Um, all right, Leo. Let's yeah. go with uh, the any, beach. Any million movies. Beach. That's good. Um, Tilda Swinton. Is she in that? I don't even. Yeah, I can't even. That's the only other person I knew in it. I can't. Oh, not Claire Danes. Is she in that? She's not in that's the beach. Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> oh, she's not in the beach. Okay. Uh, Tilda Swinton. Um, Snowpiercer. Oh wow. Um. Chris Evans. Oh, fuck. He's just an audience um, to say a Chris Evans movie. Knives Out. Wow, we came full circle, guys. Yeah. You could say Daniel Craig. I could, and I come right back uh, to the movie. That'd be a good way to close it. Yeah, but we, we it's not going to close it. We're going to keep going. Yeah, I'm going to go win. Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, <clears throat> everything, everywhere, all at once. Everything. I don't even know that. All right, I'm glad it's not me. <laughs> You don't know that, Jeremy? It's a movie from this year. I know. I haven't <gasps> seen it, though. It's oh. on my list. I thought you, meant you uh, hadn't heard of it. Yeah, everything. Is that... Can I go? Can I do that? Yeah, it's your yes, turn. Yes, it's your turn. Everything, everywhere, all at once. That's what I said. Oh. Um, the <laughs> short round just, from... <laughs> yeah, you got to say his name. <laughs> uh, no, Michelle Yeoh. Uh She's the one from. The only thing I know about that is she's the one from. I'm not even sure about this, and that might be racist. <laughs> no, you're right. If I get it wrong, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, Chow Yun Fat. Uh, the replacement killers. Oh man, we're getting deep now. Yeah. Oh, I'm not gonna be able to do that. All right, that's that's impressive. I'm not gonna be able to hit it, guys. Replacement killers. Yeah. Uh fuck is her name I always want to say the girl from American Beauty but not that that's Mina Suvari Mira Savino that's right good job well alright I lost that so okay. um <clears throat> you're up Mira no. Servino. no it's over somebody's gotta win oh it's just you two now I guess um mighty Aphrodite what? There's no way you know anybody else in that. Yeah, Chavis is on IMDb right now. No, I do. Uh, of course I know someone who's in that. Mighty Aphrodite. I've never even fucking heard of this movie. Don't look at it, Lee. I'm Lee's looking it up because uh, I need to know Coley. who else is in it. I don't know anybody in Mighty uh, Aphrodite. So. Chapin, Chapin. Well, yeah, I don't know. It stars and is directed by Woody Allen. So. Oh, for fuck's sake. I would have got it after that. But the uh, real, all right, Chapin wins. The real question is, what is the third color I said? Um, I, don't, I, I don't like this part of it. Orange. 
Yeah, yep. Chibin lost every time. So he just goes, it was Aqua. All right, guys. Is Aqua that's, color? That's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Get Your Film Fix Mystery Podcast. If you know the second color I How long did you work on this? this I just puzzle. I just literally <laughs> wrote colors and then set them. But I didn't um, even get a color. I got, like, annoyed or something. No, no. I, I said you were insecure. Oh, okay. Yeah, just in general. That wasn't... That had nothing to do with the puzzle. Oh. <laughs> um, feedback oh. at... Nope. <laughs> just uh, listen. Please listen. Get your film fix podcast at gmail.com. For God's sakes, listen. Oh, have we started already? Is it? Well, the murder hasn't happened. Oh, okay. But, yeah, why not? As Watson said to Holmes. It was Bertie who planted a remote device on a crossbow in revenge for you stealing her signature Ren Diamond. Look at the seat arrangement. It triangulates Bertie just perfectly with that thing, which is loaded with a dummy bolt, aimed directly at Mr. Braun. Now, I believe close inspection will reveal some sort of remote triggering device, but more damn, that is a vintage Jayhawk brand crossbow. Jayhawk.